Welcome to the Crossroads Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. My question this morning as we begin is, have you seen The Social Dilemma? Raise your hand. It's on Netflix. It's this docudrama, documentary. You know, a lot of older people are liking it. You probably don't like it. It's all good. There's a few of you. All right. The Social Dilemma. Here's what it's about. I'm going to be a spoiler. Okay. You never have to watch it after this unless you want to. Okay. Uh, But The Social Dilemma, it's all based on the idea of social media. Now, who has social media? Come on. Raise your hands. Be proud of it. Yes, you're all sinners. Good. Um, Yeah. Whether you got Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or Snapchat whatever you got, but it's all based on this idea that these organizations, these companies are doing everything they can to make sure you are using their product, using their app as much as possible. So you get on there and, you know, like for me, I've been talking to one of my friends about getting a chain. I don't know why. I just, I just mentioned it to somebody. One of my friends got a cool chain, and I'm like, man, I haven't worn a chain since junior high. They're coming back, though, right? Yeah, any guys in the room got some chains on this morning? Anyways, I'm like, you know what? I might look for one. So I looked at this one company that my friend told me to look at, and then I get on Facebook, and guess what? Chain. Chain, chain, I'm like, what just happened to my life? Like, I can't go a swipe without seeing a chain ad of like, hey, you can get two for $35. I'm like, well, that's junk. I don't want that. And so I keep scrolling through. But this happens for every single one of us. And you see, there's a, the moment in the social dilemma where it's kind of this personified moment where you see this person walking and you see like this control room happening and they're throwing these ads in front of them and like, oh, we want them to get back on Instagram. So let's just say, hey, your friend Miho Nate is now on Instagram. It's like, bro, he's been on Instagram. Why are you throwing this at me, right? And it just starts throwing these ratchet notifications to you on your phone and, but guess what? It works. It's like, oh yeah, let me scroll on my Instagram. Oh yeah, this person just liked my photo on Facebook or they just tagged me and you can't even find where they tagged you. Like it's some kind of like crazy conspiracies, but also it's the truth. They're doing everything they can to feed into your obsession of being on their products. Now the crazy thing is, is it's all personalized. No matter how many people in this room have Facebook, You probably don't because you're young and I'm old. But no matter how many people in this room have Snapchat or TikTok, the experience for you is personalized. You're seeing something different than what your friend is seeing. And it's constant. And honestly, when it comes down to it, you can Google something this morning and I can Google the exact same thing, but guess what? The results are gonna be different. It's a crazy world. Everything is so personalized. But the reason I'm telling you that is this. What we see on a daily basis is so personalized that even our truth or the truth has become personalized. That you see what only you want to see. You hear what only you want to hear, not what you need to hear, not the full truth. In social media, this idea of the social dilemma, it's feeding our obsessions, it's feeding our thoughts and minds and actions and your truth is far different than my truth because we're seeing different things. We can Google the same thing. We can get on the same apps. But what you're seeing, what's happening in the world is far different than my perspective because the truth has become so personalized. But guess what? The truth itself is the truth. It doesn't matter about your personal experiences. 
or your personal mindset or your personal perspective. The truth cannot be personalized, but the world has fed into it. You see, the problem is we've got also gotten to a point in our nation, in our generation, where it's polarizing. That we, you and me, we can barely even have a conversation on differing views. We can't even have an easy conversation of like, hey man, did you see that? No, I, I saw something completely different. And it's like, whoa, let's not talk about it. Let's just not bring up some hard conversations. We've gotten to a place where we're so scared of civil discourse because guess what? We actually have to talk to people. We have to be real with people. We have to be authentic with people. And even though the truth that you have might be a part of the truth, anything less than the complete truth is not the truth. Did you hear me? You might have part of the puzzle. You might have a little bit of truth in there. But if it's not the complete truth, it is not the truth. It's false. It is a lie. So we need to get back to a place as a generation, as junior high and high school students, where we can have conversations, where we can be real, where we can be authentic, where we're not just searching for the truth that we want to hear, but the truth that we need to hear, amen? And it's not just gonna happen. Even though your phones are listening to me right now going, the truth, the truth, the truth, you're not about to like get on Facebook and like, the truth is, no, it's not gonna happen. You have to search for it. You have to long for it. You got to go to the root of it. You got to search it out because the world is saying all these things are true when they're all lies. But do you know where the truth is? It's not in my words. It's in the word. You see, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it told us exactly what was going to happen even 2,000 years later. Listen to what it says. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. What that means is you want to hear what you want to hear. It might not be the truth. It might not be the real thing. It's like, oh, that, that felt good. I, I can get behind that. I can understand that. But are you seeking the truth? You see, let me just tell you this morning. I think we need to change from a cancel culture to a compassion culture. I'll say it again. We need to go from a cancel culture to a compassion culture. Where in scripture do you ever see Jesus canceling someone out for their sin, for their lifestyle? No, it's compassion. So as the church, how do we cancel people out? Guess what? We don't. And if you've been a victim of being canceled or you have canceled someone, let me tell you right now this morning, you are not following Jesus as you're called to follow him. And you're not being the church. We need to be a compassion culture, not a cancel culture. And I say all this to bring up our main topic this morning, unity. Our world is in chaos. Our world is divided. We can't have a simple discourse or a simple conversation, even if we have different views. That, oh, you believe that? I don't want to be your friend. Oh, you believe that? You're canceled. Oh, you said that? You're canceled. The church is called to be a source of unity. That's who we're called to be. 
That is then the foundation of who we are. You go all the way back to the first century where racism, sexism, ageism, economic differences were far deeper in the root of society than it is today. And guess what? There was one place, there was one body of people where it didn't matter who you came from, didn't matter what you look like, but guess what? There was unity and it was called the church. But yet even in this room, when you walk in on a Sunday morning, you feel like an outsider. Even when you walk into this room, you feel like, oh, you can't go talk to that clique of people because they're, they're just not like you. When you walk, walk into this room on a Sunday morning, you think, oh, no one understands me. Let me tell you this morning, that guilt, those doubts, that shame, that condemnation is not from God. That is from the enemy himself. Unity is who God is. Division is who the enemy is, who Satan himself is. And don't lose sight of that, that we need to be united. And if we are the source of unity, we actually have to start being the unity right here. And it starts with us. You see, Paul writes in Galatians chapter three, he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no female or male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter the sexism. It doesn't matter the ageism. It doesn't matter the social differences or the economic status. What matters is do you believe in Jesus? Are you a part of the masterpiece of God? And before you answer, let me tell you this. Yes, you are. He molded you. He created you with his own two hands. He breathed life into your dry bones. That you and I are called to be united as the church. So let me ask you the question this morning. If we're not going to be united as the church, who will? If we won't be united and share the love of God to a lost and dying world, who will? If this is the place where unity was first happened and first experienced and, and where the source of it all is, if we are not united, how can we expect the world to be any different? See, it starts with us. Unity starts with us. And this morning, I want to submit to you very easily. One point. It's very simple. Unity is our responsibility. It's our responsibility. As the church, as brothers and sisters, as believers in the word, as ones who follow Jesus Christ, the one who created unity in all the earth, it is our responsibility your responsibility, not your neighbor's, not the church down the road, not another denomination, not your coach. It's our responsibility. We have to be responsible for the unity if we want to see unity. It starts with us. Our main passage this morning is John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. If you have your Bibles, your Bible app, you can turn there or just listen. It says, I do not ask for these things only. This is Jesus. But also for those who believe in me through their word. 
that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. So let me just tell you a few big things about this small passage of scripture. One is Jesus. Jesus saying these things, and he's not just saying them, he is praying to the Father, Father, I pray for unity. Father, I pray that they would know me as I know you. Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. He is praying for that. And here's the most beautiful part. God answers it. Well, Brian, how does he answer? Is the answer right here? No, the answer is you. Did you hear me? Jesus prayed, God answered, and you are the answer. We are the church. We're the followers. We're the brothers and sisters in Christ. Unity starts with us. Unity is, guess what? Our responsibility. So we need to decide this morning. We need to decide which part are we going to be a part of. Are we going to be a part of the unity as God has called us to be? Or are we going to be a part of the, the, the division that only Satan is a part of? Are we going to let dumb things be rooted and planted in our hearts? That make no sense. Are we going to build walls around us not to have a conversation? Are we going to break through the barriers, uproot the weeds, and talk to one another? That, yeah, you might believe something different than I believe. You might have a different opinion than what I do, but the root of it, do you believe in the same Savior that I believe? Do you believe that Jesus came to die on a cross and three days later he was rose again? Because to me, that's all that matters, amen? That's all that matters. We can live differently. We can look different. We can dress different. I, I think I got good style. Anthony told me this morning, but hey, we can dress differently. But do we believe in the same Savior and that the world around us needs that Savior? Because that's all that matters. That is all that matters to me. And let me tell you this morning something that's going to be hard to swallow. Your opinion is not important. The world will tell you different, right? Post on Twitter. Go for it. It's your stage. That is dumb. Say your opinion on Snapchat. Oh, man, like, 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 like. That was great. Your opinion is not important. Here's what I mean. Your opinion is not as important as the unity of the church. Your opinion is not as important as someone coming to experience the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. Your opinion is not important. But yet we stand upon our opinions, not upon our convictions, not upon the Savior, not upon the solid rock that's in Scripture, but we stand and all I got to say to you this morning, sit down. Get out of the way. Because we want to know why the church isn't growing. We want to know why our ministry isn't growing. Because we are stopping people from entering into a unity with the Savior. We're the problem. But the reason we've never realized it, because we lost out of this. It's our responsibility. It's not the senior pastor's job. 
It's not Brian's job. It's not Mike's job. It's not Matt's job. It is our job as the church to be the source, to be the light, to be the hope of unity. So what's the solution? How do we stop getting in the way? How do we stop making our personal opinions more important than they are? How do we get back to the source that Jesus called us to be united as the church? Paul writes again in Ephesians chapter four. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. What number did you hear the most? Two, three, what was it? It was one. We are called to be one body, one spirit, because we have one hope. We have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. So why have we ended up separating that, dividing that? It's time for us to be united. And I believe the only hope for unity, the only thing that we can do as the church, the only natural human thing that defines us when we come together as unity is when we go for a goal that is far more important than our opinions. We focus on something far more important than our differences. We focus on something far more important than our personal preferences that we begin to walk together for the common goal. And that's to reach the world for Jesus. But you see, this is just a human thing. You see it everywhere. That when we have a common goal far greater than any of us individually, we work together. Look at the athletic field, the football field. As long as you got the same jersey that I have on, it doesn't matter where you've come from, what your name is, what color of skin you have. As long as you have the same jersey, Summit Jacks for life. As long as you were wearing black and blue, guess what? We're on the same team. We're gonna fight together. We're gonna bleed together. We're gonna hit whatever team is against us because we have the common goal of winning. You see it on the battlefield. The actual battlefield, not some game, not some Call of Duty thing, whatever, but the battlefield. When you're wearing the same uniform, we have a common goal that we got to win this. We got to claim victory over this. And guess what? As long as you're not pointing your gun at me, we're on the same team. But let's be real. Over time, the church has pointed the figurative gun on each other. We got to stop. Your opinions are not as important as the unity of the church. Do we believe that this morning? Do we believe it? What matters? What's more important? What's greater than your personal preferences? It's the battle for eternity. It's the battle between life and death. 
That hell is a real place. And if we want our world to experience heaven and the joy that only comes through Jesus Christ, we need to work together. We need to be united. And just like the football field and the battlefield, we have a real enemy that we are fighting against. And it's time to unite and not fight against each other, but fight against the one. Amen. We got to fight. We got to stand together. We gotta be united in community, in relationships, in authentic, real relationships, knowing that, hey, we're gonna struggle, we're gonna fall. But we get a lot farther together and do a lot more together than we could ever do alone. So how does the church, how do we get back to fighting for the common goal that is far more important than our differences and greater than our preferences? We get back to the mission. Weeks ago when we were in the greatest series, we were talking about the great commission. Called to go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The greatest command that Jesus gave, love the Lord your God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We gotta start being united to see the greatest generation, the greatest year, the greatest moment in history where thousands upon thousands come to know the Lord. We have to be united if we ever want to see that ever again. So I believe here's how we do it. We be united as the church and we use our spiritual gifts. Now this morning, you might not understand what that means. Simply put, spiritual gifts are abilities given by the Holy Spirit that an individual can use to benefit and unify the body of Christ. You might look in your Bible from time to time. You might have taken a spiritual gifts test and you might have seen, man, I, this doesn't really sound like me. There's, there's only 16 things. Guess what? It's not an exhaustive list. Let me help you understand your spiritual gifts very easily without even taking a test this morning. You ready? Three steps. Walk into the room. Look around. Third is the most important. Find where you can serve, and you can serve with excellence. Did you get it? Walk into a room, look around, find where you can help and serve with excellence. One more time, if you forgot it, write it down, put it on your forehead, put it in your notes app, whatever you gotta do, text a friend. Here's how you find your spiritual gift this morning. You walk into a room, you look around, you find where you can help and serve with excellence. That is your spiritual gift. That's it. And if we are to be united, it starts here. If the church is supposed to be the source of unity, then let's not let any division enter in. See, God doesn't give you a spiritual gift because he loves you but he gives you a spiritual gift to love somebody through you. Do I need to say that again? God does not give you a spiritual gift because he loves you, but he gives you a spiritual gift so he can love somebody through you. It's time to love people, church. It's time to be united. It's time to stop letting the opinions and preferences in Whatever division comes in our minds or our hearts or our souls or even in this room, it's time to put all those aside because we have something greater. We have the Savior of the world. 
We are called to be the hope for the world. We're called to be the source of unity for the world. So my question this morning is this. What are you going to do? Are you ready to put aside your personal preferences and opinions for something greater? Are you ready to love the church? Are you ready to love my church? Are you ready to serve the church? My last and final thing for you is this. Somebody won't know Jesus if everybody is not doing their part to serve the body of Christ. I'll say it one more time. Somebody won't know Jesus if everybody is not doing their part to serve the body of Christ. My prayer this morning is this. You'll walk into a room, you'll look around, and you'll find where you can help and serve with excellence because that is your spiritual gift. And as the church, let's unite. Let's use our gifts, talents, and abilities to build the body instead of breaking it down. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and make sure to tag us at Crossroads Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.